0: hi you're tuning into new life vietnam today's message by pastor lap is bitter honey and sweet water from proverbs chapter 5 verses 1 to 23 all right good morning church I just have to uh, trust that you are doing well. Now some of you have some under the weather and the weather is changing and all that. Just pray that for uh, recovery soon. Okay, uh, this morning we are going to finish chapter 5 of the book of Proverbs. And uh, as we're going to finish the, uh, also uh, a few weeks, the next few weeks, going to finish James chapter 5 as well. And so by the year end, we'll finish the whole book of James plus the 5 chapter of Proverbs. And next year, I'm working on next year book and so that we can continue with some proverb, another book in the New Testament as well. So, uh, if you have the Bible with you, and just turn to Proverbs chapter 5. If you have the Bible with you, if you need uh, a tea, uh, a coffee, and help yourself uh, in the back of two sizes, help yourself with some coffee and tea, okay? Now, we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 5. And um, since it's a long, kind of the whole chapter, 23 verses... So, I just want to give you out the big ideas first, okay? Just two big main points. And as I already put in the title, bitter honey and sweet water, okay? It's a little bit of uh, contradictory because honey is supposed to be sweet, but it's bitter. And uh, sweet water is not sugar water, right? The... um, (coughs) This chapter a little bit complex in the sense that, um, because the author used a very complex metaphor, it ties to a lot of um, um, you know in the law, and uh, as you can show, uh, we'll see here in the garden. And uh, as I already, um, you know, shared with you earlier, the book of Proverbs try to portray to the readers true metaphor, big one, is the um, uh, forbidden woman or adulterous woman as, as the ladies. And then the lady of wisdom, right, the wisdom of God. And as the people of God, and specifically the Bible always use male, and the men will choose between these two ladies. As I share many times, that the failure of any given society, including in the old testament, is the failure of men. Right? Men can blame women, but it's the ultimate failure of men, because men fail to worship the Lord and take care of his wife and the, the surrounding, right at the Garden of Eden, where the billion-dollar question, where was Adam when Eve was some sort of tempted and deceived in the garden? He came back. He supposedly gave some rebuke to Eve. that, like, oh, stop that. Don't eat that fruit. But he consumed together. Right? So as you see throughout the old testament, God called male leadership to lead the people out of the bondage of, of, of specifically it's Egypt, and then the sin. And every time male failed. If you trace the Bible, you see all the firstborn sons supposed to have all the privilege and honor, all of them fail. So God used the youngest son. And so when the Bible in the New Testament talk about Christ is the firstborn of all creation, he talk about that Christ will become so-called second Adam or last Adam because he's going to restore the humanhood, the manhood. And not only that, he will bring to the day of restore the whole creation in Romans chapter 8. talk about the redemption of the whole creation. And so we are living in the time of, of, of uh, post-resurrection, uh, post-ascension, but pre. It's a pre-Christ return. And so we live in a time that we enjoy His grace. We enjoy His grace that we anticipate. Not slacking, not lacking, not in a sense of self-indulgent, but in a sense of light. Uh, between the, the ten virgin waiting for the, 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 the groom to return and five foolish one that just think, uh, you know, maybe he's not coming back. And so the other five consider wise uh, virgin because anticipate that there may be preparation. So we are in a way that God's people, we are being prepared for the returning of jesus christ and not in a way of panicking that you have to rush and buy toilet paper like during the pandemic okay <laughs> so this is now in a way of peace and anticipate because if jesus christ coming back in the next hour some of you really panicking because you know you know for sure your life is not being straight with him are you ready for the returning of the king and the many parable in the New Testament talking about uh, the the landlord, the vineyard, uh, and uh, the king that who uh, entrusted to his servant and the uh, talent and one and three and five talents. How are we going to use the king resources that we have, the time and the talent, will speak volume of what we really believe in our life and how we're going to use our life. And so the metaphor that in the book of Proverbs, chapter 5, that going to lay out with some interesting concept, or rather complex as well, between a forbidden goodman and with the term bitter honey. You taste that honey, then it's sweet at the beginning, but it's bitter after that. It's like poison. And then another metaphor is like your own cistern. A cistern in the ancient, uh, right now in Israel, It's not like the well we see the modern well. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, they carve out, they take out some of the, maybe the, the pie of, um, you know, a, a, a mole, and it was solid, uh, you know, uh, a dirt, and they can dig and they wait for the rain, and so they go to the rain nest, and they go and they store the water so they can use during the, the summer. And now they have to wait, naturally they have to wait for the, all the, uh, you know, the dirt to, you know, settle at the bottom so they can take the water for the animal and even for themselves. Now, the better one, uh, consider more like for the king, is that they cover of the rock. And so they will have the channel go through and the spring. And one of the most beautiful um, uh, kind of a cistern that came out of the spring, uh, the, the Gihon spring. It's right in the city of David It's still today. And it, amazingly, the water is still so fresh. I taste it and it's just amazingly fresh. Uh, and it's just so pure, and uh, Gihon Spring is still running today. I have no idea how, uh, you know, it's still running. It's God's will, perhaps. Uh, but Gihon Spring is right there where uh, God, David, uh, David, put the king there, and he established the seed of David there. And because in the, um, in the terrain of Israel, if you have been there or see documentary, is the only thing that everybody will concern is where is the source of water. And so uh, the Bible uses a lot of metaphor about water, I and mean, that's both for the Old Testament as well as the New Testament, because Jesus Christ will be the living water. Because fighting in the ancient uh, is that more of, of taking uh, the water. Today with the modern economy, it's about you know, war between oil, the black golds. Uh, Until there's a new uh, renewable energy source, there will be another fight. Uh, But, uh, you know, still, water. Water, you know, today, that, you know, big corporation that they really want to promote and sell bottled water. To be exact, that, the natural source of water, God-giver, is always the best. But sometimes, because the country leaders and things, people don't know how to protect and preserve natural water, and in some well-advanced, developing country, they always to reserve the reservoir and to keep the water. And uh, I read somewhere in the uh, economic forums about, you know, if uh, uh, if consider a well-developed country, you need to provide water to every citizen for free. That's the basic human need. And uh, I know it's just a close neighbor, that Singapore, you can drink from tap waters. Because the filter, it's filter is purifying, and it's free for everyone. You don't need to buy bottled water. Yet people still buy bottled water. It's also you know con- waste of plastic. Uh, so basically, in Singapore, I just carry out my you know container and take water from everywhere. It's not very nice though, but it's you know drinkable, it's bottled, and it's still refreshing. Uh, in Israel, the same. You know they provide every tap water you can drink, and even right in the desert. Uh, with Israel technology, they can invent you know, a machine that extract uh, water from the air because uh, the air vaporize and they contain uh, you know, they have a machine there and extract water and go down there and then you still ring. It's still nice and fresh. And so Gihon Spring is kind of a source of very uh, nice water. Even David and his mighty man, once he was away he demanded, I wish I have that water. It's a Gihon Spring. And so, as I read chapter 5, you have a picture in mind of the forbidden woman, uh, other translation called adulterous woman, or uh, in, in, the, in the metaphor, it's a self-deceived woman. And, and it's linked with the metaphor uh, back into the garden. All right. So, let me read for us Proverbs chapter 5. My son, be attentive to my wisdom. So, as you follow chapter 4, is uh, the word, the phrase be attentive can, uh surface or occur at least uh, three, four times. Be attentive. It's so important to be attentive to God's word. You know, even right now, I tell you, you can sit in here, but your mind can travel around the world. So as a speaker around the world, the technique is to lay out the main point. Because five minutes from now, you will venture in the wonderland somewhere. Okay, so big main point, bitter honey, bitter honey, sweet water. Talking about the adulterous adulterous woman and your own spouse. In this, basically, it's your own wife. Enjoy her and not enjoy. Uh, literally, the translation is strange woman, A woman not of your own, okay? So, my son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding. So it unpacked that, you know, the wisdom is just not like being intelligent or street mind. It's talking about knowing God's word. And previously in chapter 3 and 4, talk about when you exercise that, you bring discipline to the things that you heard, that wisdom you will gain is like a nugget of gold. You know, gold, you dig from the ground. It needs to go through the process of purification and then to become a nugget of gold. The purer the gold, the higher values, right? And so, it's talking about incline your ears to my understanding, that you might keep discretion, that your lips might guard knowledge. Because the Bible believes that whatever that we say out our mouth, it's usually come from the heart. And, and, and usually, uh, in the business community, in order to know some guy or some real person, they usually make them drunk. So that they can utter out words that they never heard. And sometimes, this is a trick of some, uh, of course, non-believing wives, that in order for the husband to confess something, (laughs) that the wife will get the man drunk and he spill out what's in his heart. Sometimes we'll be in an affair. Other times we'll be some cheatings. And this is a business corporation they use that all the time. They always start with a party and a banquet. And before you know it, they will give you the contract and you sign without reading the vibrant. And you lock into the deal. And you don't want to go to the legal battle because it costs so much. And then the, the lips God knowledge, it's not whatever that we're gonna speak and say. It's 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 the Bible tells us that it has to come from the knowledge and understanding of God's word and wisdom. Because supposedly Christian follow Christ, God people will speak the knowledge of God and wisdom, not filthy languages, not the world languages. Some people that have more use of the cursing and the phrase word and the worldly languages than a godly one. So watch out, because wisdom will never, you'll never be able to gain wisdom and understanding unless you and I practice it. It is something that each of us needs to do. It cannot be dropped from the sky into your bucket. You need to receive the word, incline, be attentive, and there you will gain a nugget of wisdom. And the lips of the forbidden woman drip honey. So the, the picture is like the honey oozing out. You know, it's very um, you're enticing. It's sweet. Appearance is beautiful. And so dripping honey in her speech, all the, um, all the um, what I call temptation and, and enti- enticement and luring oftentimes is sweet. Uh, There's an uh, English idiom, some of you know that, uh, what do you call it, um, uh, with uh, uh, honey, you can trap more flies than vinegar. You know, that's that's words. Meaning they are saying, you better, you want to trap more people, and there's a book about that. uh, Talk about the art of persuasion and manipulation, and this is in the book. Uh, You use sweet. You pep talk, sugar coated, You will trap more flies than you offer a sound note, vinegar. Are you still with me? You, you're familiar with that uh, phrase? So the Bible will, will, will tell, okay, pay attention because her speed is, is smoother than oil. <laughs> it's just slippery. It's just like you cannot hold something. You know, if you put your oil around your arm and the object, you slip. You sleep because it's just it's it's kind of nice as well, you know. It, it's just like you cannot hold it. You can uh, you cannot hold just something that is just full with oils and 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 so uh, honey, so sweet. You think you get it, well you will not get it. You think you get her, well you won't be able to get her. All the um, adult adulterous woman or forbidden woman. Uh, for whatever reason, by the nature, they're very sweet, they're very enticing, and they know how to lure a guy into a trap. And oftentimes kings and governor and ruler, how powerful they can conquer 10 city, but they will fall with a single nightstand with the adulterous ladies. Proven throughout history from the day of the Bible time until the modern time. All politicians be exposed by social media by enticing and sweet lady. Beautiful. So the Bible, the book Proverbs, warn all the guys. Remember, why focus on the guy? Because the guy that God chose and choose and create Adam first, and now Adam will be Eve. And therefore the guy hold responsible before the Lord. And so the Bible continues that but the end she is bitter than warm wood. I never taste warm wood. I don't know how bitter is that. I I taste uh, a coconut warm just in case you know. If any of you want to play the game, have you eaten that? Right? I will win every time. Because I try almost everything <laughs> except drugs. So yeah. Um, and so the wormwood, I don't know how it's bitter, there, but the coconut worm, I can understand. Uh, but you, if you deep fry with butter, and then it's just so good. Explode it in your mouth like cheese. Don't try it, okay? Um, at the end, it's bitter than wood, sharp as a two-edged sword. So the idea is cut both ways. It will, will, will cut you and the party involved. But you enjoy the blood that you shed. Talking about adultery, both party will be guilty. But the interesting part is in John chapter eight when they brought out the woman that caught, you know, on the spot, um, you know, woman caught in adultery. The billion-dollar question is where is the guy? Because they have bias. And the society, as, uh, at that time, even this time, a given time, that they always let the guy go. Because the guy probably pay and his friend, perhaps. They're in the same gang. And some of them are watching over the night. This is argument from Silent though inference That maybe that's why they got red-handed, and in the early morning, they can pull her out into the court, the public court, which means they will be judged according to the Mosaic Law which means she'll be stoned to death. Jesus did not break any law, but asked a very simple question. Is anyone who's here that have never sinned, stone her first? And the Bible have a very beautiful description, the old guy left first, because he committed more sin. <laughs> the young guys left later. And so where was the guy? Probably, maybe, you know, let the guy re- escape. So Jesus is the only guy left. And he uh, she in her right mind asked, what about you? And he said, No, neither I judge you, but go and sin no more. Pay attention to the last phrase, sin no more. Which means the next day she not in her right mind say, Let's do it again. She will be cut off and finish that lifestyle. Because she's just spared from capital punishment and a slow death. Stoning by stone. It's a slow death. It's it's horrible and public disgrace. You understand what I'm saying? Her feet, in verse 5, her feet go down to death. Her step follow the path to Sheol. Sheol here is the place of the dead. The equivalent in the New Testament called Hades. Hades also translates somewhat hell. But to be exact, the phrase has to be translated a place of the dead. And um, um, her steps follow the path of Sheol. And she does not ponder on the path of life, which means that this adulterous woman, they never think about life. She think more about her existence, how I can make my life happy, how I can make my life satisfied, how I can be self-indulgent, how I can make my life comfortable. How I can enjoy everything the life has to offer and yet without caught, without being got caught, get caught. How I can and still, you know, play the game that I like, but still get away with it. She does not ponder the path of life. Her way wander. She does not know it. Without her awareness, you know what? When you and I, we sin one time, two time, three times, We repented. We feel regretted. We feel shame. We feel guilt. And we do not have a breakthrough. We will self-deceive. We tell ourselves it's okay. I was born this way. I'm gonna live this way until I die. God knows. That's not supposed to be. That's foolishness. God give us a way out it's a deliverance. If any of you have a habitual sin, if you cannot get away with it, come talk to me. Habitual sin can be something that is simple and so uh, rampant this day is pornography, the, the porn addiction, whether you have substance addiction with alcohol, tobacco, or any form of social media addiction. Anything that you spend more hour on that, And you reap no benefit You might taste a a degree of honey In the first five, ten minutes And after that, it's bitter Point number one I want to bring out The first portion Bitter honey, I just read for you The first uh, 14 verses, right? Um, No, I just read verse 6 And I continue, let me continue And now, O son, listen to me and do not, uh, do not depart from the words of my mouth. Keep your way far from her. And do not go near to the door of her house. Lest you give your honor to others. And your years of merciless. Lest strangers take their field of your strength. And your labor go to the house of a foreigner. And at the end, your light, you Groan and when your flesh and body are consumed, and you say how I hated discipline, and my heart despised reproof. I did not listen to the voice of my teachers or incline my ears to my instructor. I am at the brink of utter ruin in the assembly, in the assembled congregation. Bitter honey will bring ruins. The next lie we want to show you, just summarize for us the first 14 verses. The sword of this bitter honey is forbidden woman, adulterous woman, uh, self-deceived woman. It's kind of a link with the metaphor I just said that, you know, back to the garden. Maybe E was, you know, uh, she took the, the fruit in her own liberty, I mean, it's kind of a nice sound, you know, a conversation with the serpent. And my husband is absent. Maybe he busy with other things. Maybe let's just try a little bit. I will not die. That's what she believed. And the husband came back. She self-deceived. Her husband deliberately sinned. Very different. The Bible, New Testament, talk about the woman got deceived, but the guy deliberately sinned. Bathsheba may be self-deceived. But David, deliberately sinned, intentionally invite her to his palace. Invite, start with a dinner, and then the next is a history. From one look to adultery to become murder, assassination, and rip off the kingdom. The effect of this bitter honey is killing, uh, ruining life, hating discipline. You might want to self-check yourself. At any time that you read the Bible and the Word of God so strong and kind of rebuking the sin and really point at your sin, but you ignore it because you don't like discipline. You will like the church and the pastor will tell you how good you are, how nice and handsome you are how that you know sin is okay. Yes, God forgive our sin when we repent, but not deliberately sin over and over and over and over again. It becomes a lifestyle. And that's why the word, the book of Proverbs, really just like penetrate into our heart until the point of repentance and need a surgery. Need to be radical with sin. Because that comes to the point that you and I will hate Discipline. Discipline from the Lord. Because it's a slow death. The forbidden woman and the adulterous woman will sing a song, you know, killing him subtly with my song. I ruined the song. So those are in the 80s and 90s, you know. Right? The remedies is this, that stay away from bitter honey. Don't touch, don't get nearby. The metaphor is like don't even get close to the door. Don't go over to the door. And listen to what she is saying inside. And probably she knows. She's like, come in. Open the door. And the other part of the book proverbs later is talk about She prepares some kind of essential oil, the aromatherapy. You come in, you smell good, trigger all of your senses. Uh, The dinner prepared, the bed is with linens and the purple, all the choice of food on the table. I mean, it's just a fist. It's all you need to do is just to say yes. That's how entitans work. All you need to do is just a nod of your head. Okay. The remedy is stay away from bitter honey. Stay away from anything that is not close to truth, far from truth, and is on the verge of sin and temptation. A very different approach. Let's say if it's a ring, the center of God, in the center of the ring is God's holiness, goodness, greatness, love, grace, and mercy. Instead of approaching the throne right in the center. A lot of Christians go to life and church. They want to stay in the fringe, so that just in case God got mad, they jump into the world. So they jump into the world. Sometimes they, f- you know, fell off the cliff because just in case God. So they don't want to draw to the center. They live a double life, and the Bible talk about the double-minded Christian. If the religious Christian, they always want to live a double life with a double-minded. As a follower of Christ, single-minded. That's the only Lord we follow and we serve. Nothing else. Not our political affiliation. Not the party that we pledge. Not even the the, the things that we love. The the company or the corporate life. That's why oftentimes I, I, I put this phrase. You you and I are Christian Christ followers. Christian first before our nationality. I am a Christian Vietnamese. You are Christian American, Christian Indian, Christian Australian, Christian Filipinos. Why? Because your national agenda must come after Christ's agenda. That's the only unity that we have. Otherwise, we just talk rubbish. Before, before any race. There's no racial division unless we put Christ first. Stay away from this forbidden woman, self-deceived woman, adulterous woman. Because it's like a bitter honey. It tastes good in the beginning. But it will be bitter. You still with me? Yes. By the way, this chapter is PG-18. Parental guided 18 or R rated. Not as the Song of Solomon, though. Uh, by the way, I, I bet that some of you go, after the service, you go home. By the way, the Jewish, some of the Jewish will not allow the children, uh, the people, adults, go to the year of 30 years old in order to read the book of SOS, Song of Solomon or Song of Song. Because the nature of that's graphic. Because in the original language, it's very graphic. It's R rated. So that's why I have to wait until 30 years old. Some of you are now 20 something so going to go read tonight. <laughs> oh, yes, it's God's Word. You're going to read. Yes, I cannot ban you from that. Stay away from the bitter honey. But how do you know it's a bitter honey? The Bible will give us the next portion, 15 to 26. Let me read for us. Drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well, should your spring be scattered abroad and stream of water in the street? So the idea is don't take the water and just spread on the street. A very complex metaphor. I will explain it a little bit. Let, 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 them be yours, uh, let, let them be yourself alone and not a stranger with you. Uh, let your fountain be blessed. Rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely dear, a graceful doe. Let her breast fill you all time with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. Why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman? Embrace the bosom of an adulteress. For a man's way are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his path. The iniquity of the wicked ensnare him. He is held fast in the court of his sin. This guy trapped. He dies for the lack of discipline because of his great folly he is led astray. Point number two. Is the next slide will be sweet water. Oh, yeah, you have this phrase, right? You will catch more fly with honey than vinegar. All right. Honey, sweet talk usually is has some. Part that you need to discern. So, ladies, if a guy talks so sweet to you, there's always a hidden agenda. Before you receive any gift, ask for the string attached. Is there anything that that tied with this thing? Because oftentimes the guy gives you some precious gift, there always string attached. Whether a diamond ring, whether something else. I have a female friend in high school. The guy gave her, you know, the whole motorbike or a car. What are you thinking, right? Oh, yeah, the guy's so generous, so loving. Oh, no. No. <laughs> Think again. And that, after they cut up, they want the car back. <laughs> String attached. Next one. Move to the next one. Sweetwater. The next slide as well. Um, your own cistern here, the metaphor is your wife. Hmm? Now, interestingly, the cistern is handmade, Okay. So it comes with different size and shape. Okay? So gentlemen, if you married your wife, do not compare your wife with Vanity Fair magazine. Do not compare your wife with some kind of a porn that you watch. Do not compare your wife with some kind of a magazine that you see that, you know, you have to say, Okay, uh, uh, honey, can you go to plastic surgery so that you can be like this and be satisfied? That's foolishness and that's wicked. Enjoy your own cistern. Small cistern, big cistern, different shape, different size. Drink from that. Drink from that water. And if you visit uh, the ancient Israel or Israel today, you really, the cistern is different size and shape. Some has depth, some shallow, some clear water, some other is is still a little bit of dirt. Depends on the area, depends on the animals living be around or not, because uh, uh, you know the animal stuff can you know go down to the system as well. That's why they need to wait for a few months before things that get purified by nature, right? Because the uh, the soil there also absorb in some of the contaminants. If your wife is not what you expected after marriage, the Bible tells us. Stay with her. Enjoy the sister. Do not venture into the forbidden woman. Do not take the water that God giving you. In this case, okay, I want to bring the deeper mental. It's like sex is beautiful and sacred. Sex is not dirty. Sex is sacred in the context of marriage. Sex before marriage, the Bible calls fornication sex outside marriage the bible call adultery what about masturbation masturbation if your heart linked to the image online and you masturbate is the same of idolatry and adultery because all adultery start with emotion then physical why gentlemen that you waste your seed the seed of life to be specifically linked with the Old Testament, to waste your cement on other stranger women. And this day, the culture promotes that it's okay. It's okay to have one night stand. It's okay to have concubine. It's okay to have an affair with a woman, whether in office or other contacts. And the Bible is very clear, that's foolishness. Because it's going to be bitter as money, as as honey. Bitter honey. But when you drink from your own cistern, it's going to be blessing, rejoicing, and delight, and love. Because if any guys or ladies here thinking that I enter marriage for happiness, that's the wrong pursuit. God made us to get married for holiness, not for happiness. You get a wrong idea there. That's why you never be satisfied in a marriage. Because you're looking at the wrong thing, barking at the wrong tree. Are you still with me? The remedy is drink sweet water from God-given sister and your wife, your spouse. Now, both in the ancient and modern time, not just the guy that have, you know, sexual affair, or commit adultery. Also the girl, the wife sometimes. The idea here is in marriage, stick to your God-given spouse. Regardless the size and the shape of your sister. Some of them flat, some of them have you know, you know, deep, and some of them is fresh water. But God Will provide that water. So drink from your own sister. And that's why the Bible in the, the Ten Commandments says, do not covet. Because why? You covet what your neighbor has, including wives, cattle. In the Old Testament context, you cattle. Wow, look at that cow, so big, so shiny. The cow of Bashan. The cow of Bashan means the cow from the north Israel because they have more uh, uh, grass. Because the, the, the south is more, uh, you know, it, it's barren. The south is more. So the cowbashan near Lebanon. And so the cowbashan is big. So today, look at that car, so nice. Look at that house, so nice. Look at that job, so big. And covet your neighbor's possession. Most of uh, robbery and, and theft out of covetedness. Yeah? Adultery, the sin of a committed adultery, is in a way that also including comfortedness because you want another's man's wife. Oh, it's a pastor. She's single. Well, that she has a future that she's going to marry. It means that there's someone is waiting for her. So if you take her and defile her, you're robbing her husband's future. Future husband. You understand what I'm saying? In Vietnam, we have this saying, this is terrible. But have an energy to spoil the food. They said that, you know, you eat, uh, is eating your home food, is stick to your wife. You go out for pho, right? You eat pho, you go out with another woman. This is terrible. I mean, spoil the food from now, you know, you resist. And you go out, you eat pho. Oh no, you gotta commit adultery, you know. It's terrible. But why have that saying? Because in the culture, it's so common, it's so numb. You know, I have my home food Monday to Friday, and then I go out for the weekends to have some fun, and then that is with another woman at the bar, at the pub, and whatever. You know, what's the point? You know, I'm go, I'm home, and she nagging, nagging. You know, I, I get tired of it. I go numb myself. I drinking. I go to the pub. I numb myself until 10 p.m. I go home, then I go to sleep. She neck by her own self. You know, I, I'm just numb myself. And then I go back to work. I, get, I bet every culture has some sort of this thing. But this is a biblical culture. Do not taste the honey in the strange jungle. Go home to drink your own system do not go out this a metaphor do not go out to eat fur and then you know do not go home to eat your homes your wife's cooking by the way practical tip size point um, if marriage woman if you young ladies don't know how to cook begin to learn <laughs> do not let uh, modern feminism that brainwash you say hey. You know, it's the murder and the guy needs to cook, huh? I, I, I don't cook, you know. I bring the money, I'm a CEO of a company and your guys cook, huh? I revenge. Okay, you cook. One time I was at a wedding and, you know, I just stay overnight there for the wedding and in the hotel with my wife and the next day there's a nice hotel with advanced technology. They have uh, two station, X station, one station that the omelette or the, whatever the X of your choice, you can push a button, AI will cook for you. And I, okay, I queue up, and I, I, uh, that's for a context. As in Singapore, everything in Singapore, you have to queue up. So queue up, and wait, and t- I'm thinking to myself, why well, have to wait for the machine? Why have to wait for that machine? And the machine do very slow, Is it robotic. Even they're very advanced, take this one, break the egg, I say, man, I can do that in two minutes. And, uh, but people are still waiting for that. And I came out and said, it tastes bad. There's no, there no passion in it. I don't know something about food, you know. If you are foodie, if you go to the two restaurants, one guy cook with heartless, just cook mechanical, <gasps> the other one, you know, like really enjoy and throw the pan and do all of that. Suddenly something, suddenly something that go inside. Hey, it tastes so good. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So you don't know how to cook, please learn. Because, you know, your husband will go eat for you know? her. <laughs> no, seriously, this is also practical counseling marriage. So some have an issue, it comes and say, OK, um, Pastor, you know, I have to eat out all the time. I say, why? My wife don't cook because she cooks terrible. Even she cannot eat herself. I say, oh, dear. <laughs> oh, boy. OK. Uh, we have another issue. But OK, let's uh, d- fix this one first. <laughs> it's a practical tip, though, yeah? Um, or at least you're a smart and wise woman. You order from a restaurant, and you bring home, and you put on the plate, and just YouTube and how to decorate it, right? <laughs> and you say, honey, today I some sort of cooking. <laughs> Liars! But... Uh, uh, I mean, practically, humanly speaking, God, why the man that, you know, his emotion or his love directed the stomach, right? You know there's. If you want a shortcut, there you go. Yeah. So, ladies, if you don't know how to cook, don't blame yourself. Don't blame your mom, your parents. Oh, I raised in the home that we all eat out. Well, learn to cook, right? Because the guy wants to eat home cooked. I can tell you, I bet even the the tough, successful executive, you know, million dollar worth. If he married, he liked home food, I guarantee you. He can eat the six-star and you know it's uh, fine dining, all of that. It's boring sometimes. If he that high already it's thin air up there. He wants to be go down to the foot of the mountain, enjoy a just simple. I'm going to have Indian food. Simple (coughs) brata. Simple rice. Oh. Drink from your own system. Enjoy God given resources. Do not envy. Do not covet. Let us spend some time to reflect on these word of god in just um uh, you know two metaphor that i should explain and uh it boiled out to the last sentence which is i want to bring to the point for your personal reflection the reason that to picture here that those who lack of discipline will die and will led astray one thing about discipline is so interesting. People believe in discipline in all fields. In science, in business, in physic training, all of that. When they come to God's word, they say, uh, uh, you know, discipline. You know, why discipline? Why have to God's word every day is legalistic. Why I have to come and pray every day It's boring. Why I have to come to church every you know, Sunday uh, over the year is only 52 Sunday. If you cannot commit to 52 Sunday, if you cannot make Sunday a non-negotiable day, something is wrong in your commitment. I'm not talking about sickness. I'm not about you traveling. Think about 52 Sunday. People will die. It's a, it's a choice. It's a path. The path of wisdom and the path of foolishness. And by definition, foolishness is not because lack of intelligence, because you know the wisdom, you know the word, but you set aside and make your own choice. That's the path of foolishness. Lack of discipline, they will die and they will be being led astray. The word there, led astray, because they were led astray by the enticement, by the worldliness, by the adulterous woman, forbidden woman, by something that captured their heart rather than Christ, the Lord being the Lord of their life and captured their heart. So let us spend some time with personal, honest reflection to the Lord, just between you and the Lord. Amen. Spend about four or five minutes. Lord Jesus Lord I pray for married couple in our church that they enjoy their marriage and relationship even though that is a real maybe sour note sometimes, they don't need to sweet talk to one another pep talk to one another but they just really simply exercise your wisdom to bring you in the center of their marriage the agape love, the love the on high that never fails. I'll be the center of any argument possibly that there will be forgiveness and reconciliation. For those have already, the past has done and they broken marriage and they divorce. divorced, they'll pray that Lord, they don't need to continue to revisit that one and just blame themselves for what they did that they didn't know better. Lord, I pray that you'll bring the healing into their soul. That they can move on and begin to trust in you for a new life in Christ and even the future marriage. Do not listen. I pray that they will not listen to the, the, the whispering voice of the devil. That they have to, whether it's revenge, have to live and carelessly and recklessly. For those who are single I pray that Lord they are in relationship relationship with Jesus Christ with you and that undistracted devotion to you as the first and foremost friend God husband and that they enjoy the relationship they be satisfied by them in you alone and when you bring the right one to them that would be to become one not because two missing parts that fight each other so that they devour one another it's just like completely mesh when you bring them together that they begin marriage life with a commitment that we enjoy their own system. And not really venturing on the street and looking for a strain water or honey that will be bring bitterness later. Oh Lord, help us to have the fear of you so that we will activate our discipline. Bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit self-control. If any one of us lack of wisdom, we pray and ask you if any one of us lack of discipline i pray that we step up and they say to one another that i need your help i need to keep me accountable it's a beautiful thing we never be, can fight the devil by them ourselves we need our company we need our each other lord jesus I pray for those that who have been working overseas without their spouse here. Although that may be the norm in certain culture that they go to find the bacon and find a food at the table and bring home as an expat and they be distant from their spouse. And how can they drink their own cistern if their spouse is overseas for a long time? There will be temptation in this city. There will be temptation back home. Lord, I pray that don't, don't even negotiate and compromise with the Pharaoh who put say, I only sponsor you for this working for me. I cannot take care of your family. You, Lord, I pray for them to boldly say to Pharaoh, to the CEO, I will not work for you unless I bring my family. Deal or no deal. We better live with, a, a, with a, a little of muscle, little bread under a hut rather than a palace with a bit of honey help us oh Lord our actions speak volume of what we really believe we will believe that the marriage is sacred we will protect we will nurture we will not put our career, vocation even ministry more than the marriage. Because you create first Adam and Eve as a marriage in the garden. Before you create the tabernacle. Before you call into the temple. Before you become the temple. And before you indwell in each of us is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Oh Lord Jesus, help with those who have the cultural mindset that it's okay. That we're being separate and work for money. We, if we already signed a contract, help us have the courage to renegotiate. laid it out. I will work better if my spouse, my children's here. If there is a sacrifice need to reduce the lifestyle, they need to make adjustments instead of thinking that I have to have all of this. You better live in a hut with a family, with our own system, whether our system is small or big. It doesn't matter because the Lord will provide. The Lord will give us the water that we drink. is so sweet. We don't need to run out to go for the honey that may turn bitter later. Thank you, O Lord. Help us, O Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that you and your family are encouraged by this message. Join us next time and do click the follow button on our profile page to stay up to date with the latest message. God bless you.